is uh, Bill Farrell. Uh, this is another episode of Rock Bottom to Recovery. Uh, this is um, episode 22. And uh, today we're going to be talking about recreational marijuana. Uh, as you can see, I'm driving uh, solo today, and that's actually pretty good instead of driving uh, so high. That was a marijuana joke, uh, not a very good one. But I can tell you. Um, that uh, driving home every day now on the highway, that's all I ever smell. Marijuana, marijuana, marijuana. Um, so what's that tell me? People are driving while they're high. So anyways, I'm flying solo. Uh, the, uh, today we're gonna talk about recreational marijuana um, since the ballot question uh, four passed, and that was back in, got that right here, wanna be accurate. Um, let's see. Question four, 2016, November 8th. So uh, we're just coming up on two years since that passed. Um, and in the meantime, I think um, the Cannabis uh, Commission has been putting together regulations um, and trying to get a handle on things before um, they open the pot shops, which is July 1st. Um, so um, how did I personally get here to this particular episode today? Uh, it actually started um, quite a few years ago when I decided to join Holbrook Cares. So um, that's the coalition in our community. And the reason, turn it this way, all right. That's my uh, producer and uh, he's over there just making sure that we get uh, as good as we can, correct? Awesome, great job, Dylan. Um, so uh, I, we joined the Holbrook Cares Coalition um, we had no clue what we were doing other than uh, wanted to try to begin to educate and bring awareness to the community um, about the opiate deaths because we were losing so many people just in our community alone as other communities have too. And so from there, um, in a nutshell, in, in the interest of keeping time, um, <clears throat> we realized before we could tackle the opiate addiction, we actually needed to uh, start educating ourselves on how addiction begins. Um, and actually, um, there's many factors to addiction, but most of the time, addiction begins with cigarettes, marijuana, alcohol, and those are the things that begin to lead somebody into a life of addiction. Uh, myself, I smoked, I started smoking when I was younger, um, smoked a little marijuana, wasn't, uh, I, you know, I wasn't a big marijuana person, uh, but then got into alcohol. So, and a lot of people that I know that are in recovery, it's the same thing. Um, they start with cigarettes. As a matter of fact, uh, Matt Gannum, who is uh, on our second episode, has always said uh, his addiction began with cigarettes. So why is that important? Because we needed to figure out how do we address this? How do we bring education and awareness to the community so that other people can make smart choices? Well, we have to um, give, give everybody the information. Um, so, and that's what we started to do. <clears throat> so as we were educating ourselves, all of a sudden ballot four um, comes up. It's the uh, recreational marijuana. And um, we were just like, wow, this is, uh, we haven't even got a hold on the opiates and now we're gonna have to deal with this. So I have to say up front, if you're an adult and you smoke marijuana, I don't really care. I have friends that do it. I don't care, go smoke your marijuana, I don't care. But what I do care, and what we've always cared, is the younger generation. It's the uh, the youth that are gonna be exposed to this, that have been exposed to this. And that's always been our um, mission. And so, <coughs> with that, uh, we began that that journey. And, uh, and we learned a lot, and so, with uh, recreational coming up, the ballot four question, we said, wow, uh, we gotta learn a lot about this too. So we can make smart decisions and more importantly, make smart decisions in our community. So uh, we reached out, reached out to Colorado. Um, obviously Colorado, uh, it got this up and rolling long before we did. So we started to look into the certain issues and concerns that came with them uh, legalizing recreational marijuana. That's what I'm talking about today, recreational marijuana, and in the interest of our um, young adults. So uh, we learned a lot. 
we learned a whole bunch and we didn't want it and we didn't want it in our community and so we took all the information that we could get and uh, we met with the town selectmen we had some meetings we discussed what we found and um, <clears throat> the reason we met with them we were proactive long before ballot four even um, uh, got legalized. Uh, we were already in, in the process of trying to put things in place in our community um, to keep our younger generation safe. Um, we have a cultivation site uh, in our community. That was actually put in place, if I remember correctly, 2014. So it was long before Hobart Cares even kind of came about. But as we were going on, we realized, oh, there's a cultivation site. Where did this come from? Nobody knew about it. So... Um, we actually met with the owners of the cultivation site. And I can tell you when we left that meeting, um, none of us felt that um, they uh, were gonna strictly just do cultivation. Um, and uh, true to that, um, they wanted to open up a medical dispensary. So again, we gathered our information. Uh, we presented it to the selectmen. Um, and I have to say, I was disappointed in that particular um, uh, that meeting because the selectmen okayed the medical dispensary after we, you know, we, we told them, like, if you open this medical dispensary the way the law is written, um, these uh, places can automatically sell recreational. It doesn't matter what they promise, and, and they did promise. They promised they weren't going to sell recreational. That wasn't on their agenda. They were strictly medical. Um, they didn't want anything to do with the recreational. Um, and that was it. But I, I, don't, I can't speak for the rest of the group, but I just, I, I knew, I knew that um, recreational was going to pop up. And, um, and it, you know, eventually I'd love to get this um, gentleman in here, John Sheft Esquire. Um, he is one of the leading attorneys on the Massachusetts marijuana legal issues. And I might quote a couple of things from here because everything that um, John told us was coming when this law um, passed or when the ballot question for passed has, has slowly come to um, light and um, you know and we presented this to our selectmen but whatever um, they chose the medical marijuana and so we move forward from there all right it's here so now let's try to deal with it so we begin to educate ourselves so then um, ballot question four comes up and then it's a hot topic all amongst the uh, uh, Massachusetts, everybody's going back and forth. We were trying to educate our community as much as possible, and Hobart Cares got, got slammed. We were getting hammered. We were fear-mongering. We were um, using old information, and we were trying to scare people, and, and marijuana is harmless. Um, and um, we didn't know what we were talking about. One woman, one woman uh, asked if, uh, uh, do you even get out at all? Do you even know your neighbors? Are you even involved in the community? <laughs> I didn't respond, uh, but I did think that was funny. And uh, after the ballot four question passed, um, sure enough, um, she, uh, she has a consulting business. So if you wanted to open up uh, a marijuana business, you could call her, and uh, she would get you set with everything that you needed to get that business up and rolling. So, um, you know, and we always felt this is always about money. Um, again, uh, we always took the stance when it came to medical uh, we understand the uh, medical side of marijuana and the importance in, um, you know, what it does for people that are struggling. But, but here's a fact. Uh, less than 5% of people with a medical marijuana card have glaucoma, HIV, and the, and the other um, debilitating disease, uh, cancer. Um, so, you know, again... <clears throat> How do you get this passed? How could you pass, like, recreational marijuana? Well, pro-marijuana people have to promote it um, as, uh, you know, people who were being locked up, um, people with their medical, um, they couldn't get, get, couldn't get their marijuana, um, and that's how they promoted it. But in all actuality, um, what we were getting was a, a, a stronger, potent um, marijuana plant uh, oils, edibles, uh, vapes. Uh, let's see, what else was there? There's drinks now, there's food, all kinds of stuff. It's absolutely nuts. It's actually quite entertaining to kind of watch all the little things that have come out. 
just from this one tiny little harmless plant of marijuana. Um, you can actually even get a suppository. So you can stick a marijuana suppository up your butt and just, you know, chill, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but there was a lot of money pumped into um, the pro-marijuana in Massachusetts. And again, um, we do like to keep this uh, podcast about 30 minutes to 45 minutes tops, and that's what we're going to try to do today. And when I tell you there is so much information, it's absolutely overwhelming um, to try to kind of put stuff together and, and, and give people a, just kind of an insight of, um, you know, what was coming and what's here. And so, um, so what I did was I actually went on YouTube and I got some of the commercials that we saw here in Massachusetts. Now, before I start playing the commercials and stuff, um, you need to understand that um, uh, uh, marijuana was decriminalized in 2008. Actually, the whole marijuana thing's been going. We've been slowly moving towards recreational uh, since it's probably as early as the 90s, and it might have been sooner than that. And all along, as it got uh, voted down in places, you know, um, Things were changed. Uh, the ballot questions were changed. As a matter of fact, the ballot question that we had um, here uh, was slightly different, that it opened up all kinds of loopholes and gray areas, and it was pretty much done on purpose. Um, and, uh, you know, again, people are like, you're crazy, loopholes. No, it's just people have to just get their marijuana. People are being locked up. Uh, people aren't getting their medicine, which that was put in place in 2012. Um, I just went to a conference last week, and, you know, research is, it has been uh, being done on marijuana. Um, is it, is it, um, is, could there more research be done? I'm sure there can, um, now that it's, it's, um, it's been legalized, and I'm sure it will be, and I'm sure good things will come from it. Um, and, and you know what? Um, I'm not talking about those things. What I'm talking about are the bad things that are going to come from it. And those bad things, at least in our community, we try to let them know in advance. Um, these are the things that are coming. So why don't we really put a tight, tight um, belt around this and and uh, really control it? And the thought process was, you know, well, it's coming anyway, so let's put in, you know, bylaws and all these things, and uh, we can control it that way. And, uh, you know, I think it's... Um, I think it's a close, it has to be close to over 200 communities have opted out of the marijuana, uh, recreational and um, the medicinal side of it. So let's, um, let's start with, uh, let's see. It was a very narrow vote. Um, it was like 53% voted for the marijuana, and I think 46 voted against it. Now, with that said, let's play that first commercial. So if you just look right here. So if you're, if you're actually um, listening on iTunes, I, I should have said this up front, because we are on iTunes, we're on Podbean, um, but we also have a Facebook page, and we always record live, which we're doing right now. Um, and so you can actually go to um, the Rock Bottom to Recovery Facebook page, and you can actually watch the video that we're recording right now. So I just thought these were very interesting, because... This is what, this is what um, if you were a, a person in Massachusetts and you were sitting down watching TV and uh, some of these ads played at prime time at night, um, this is one of the things that you would see. So let's, we're going to play this. This is actually a former lieutenant from the Boston police, and uh, he's going to tell you why legalizing recreational marijuana was in the best interest of us. So let's, uh, let's see if we can do this right. Hold on one second. Is there any way we can make this louder? Or is it as loud as it can be, Dylan? Uh, press the sound button on the side. Okay. I think it's as loud as it can be. So let me see if I can put the microphone here because I just want to make sure everybody hears what um, Lieutenant Tom Dolan is talking about. This is very important. I was a Boston PD cop, and now as a professor, I believe yes on four is a smart choice to protect families. Let me explain. Question four requires strict product labeling and child-proof packaging and bans advertising directed at kids. And question four bans consuming marijuana in public. It will tax and regulate marijuana for adults 21 and over, bringing millions in revenue for schools or law enforcement. Vote yes on four. Smart regulations protecting families. 
That's incredible. I mean, I mean, how can you go wrong with that? Did you see that? Like hundreds of millions of dollars to our schools. Um, strict product labeling. Um, so it won't actually, you know, um, kids won't be able to get a hold of that because it's regulated for 21 and older. Um, it was something else. What else did he say? Dylan, did you catch whatever what the other thing was? Oh, actually, you know what? I do. I have it right here. So let's, um, let me just grab that. Got a lot of paperwork, everybody. So bear with me. Thank you for uh, listening in. This is all good stuff, I think. Oh, here it is right there. So, I mean, you look at that advertisement and you're like, wow, that's actually, um, that's good stuff. Why wouldn't you vote for that? I mean, it's going to be regulated like alcohol. We all know that alcohol is more dangerous than marijuana. Everybody knows that, right? So, <clears throat> let's see. Sorry, guys. I thought I had Tony up here. I'm chewing on the halls. I got a sore throat. Okay. I guess I don't. So I have the other one. So I think that's important, right? And and the reason that um, that the the strict product labeling and all those um, other things were put in place is because Colorado, um, when they started uh, when they legalized marijuana, they ran into these type of problems. They had a lot of emergency room visits. Um, and the kids were going to the emergency room, and <clears throat> they didn't really have anything marked on the um, the products. And one of the unfortunate things that happened in Colorado was a 19-year-old. So understand this: he's 19 years old, so he's under the legal age of 21. Purchased a marijuana cookie, one cookie he ate, one cookie. Um, he started to eat the cookie, and probably not really understanding how um, the edibles work, which they take a little bit more time um, to kick in uh, because they're coming through the stomach and everything. Um, he ate a little bit more of the cookie, and then he actually, I think he ended up eating the whole cookie. Well, it turned out that that whole cookie was six servings, and um, he had a very, very powerful high, almost a, a hallucina um, hallucinating, to the point where he leapt off the balcony and he ended up killing himself. And, uh, and that was actually something that I posted in the community. And of course, somebody told me it wasn't the marijuana that killed him. Yeah, and he was right about that. It was the sudden stop. I mean, that's the kind of thinking that you're dealing with. But, so why is that important? Because um, those things started to happen. So Colorado took a step back and said, all right, now we need to start putting in these um, these strict packaging uh, labels and, you know, how much marijuana is in it, which are really very, very difficult to do. So <clears throat> that's a great little thing. So this is what happened. So we passed that November 8th. Um, and um, right off the bat, we passed the, um, the, uh, the ballot four question. And um, so November 8th, 2016, legal to use December 15th. So um, shortly thereafter in December, six Boston high school kids um, were taken to the hospital uh, after school officials said they ate brownies with marijuanas in them and they felt sick. Six high school kids. This is literally like a, not even a month after this happened. Uh, I, I personally, I mean, if you've read something beforehand, um, that's all well and good. I, I don't remember any time before this um, reading anything in the paper about it. Uh, I'm sure it, it probably happened. I don't know. Um, then shortly thereafter, so that was in December, and then, um, let's see, shortly thereafter, uh, let me see, what do I have? <clears throat> Put that over there. So uh, in December, another incident, a 20-year-old driver of a car that police had slammed into the rear of a school bus up in Gloucester. Um, also, smoking weed. Uh, admitted to smoking weed prior to the crash. Um, obviously, several of the officers, sergeants, fire and uh, were at the ER when he admitted it. Um, 
Actually, here it says the crash and the arrest came six days after voter approved state law legalizing the possession of marijuana for recreational purposes. Um, so obviously, limit uh, it says just states limit legals possessions to persons ages 21 or older. I mean, it's not happening. Um, <coughs> not too long after that, I think in January, and you might remember some of these because they were on the news. Um, they had the school bus driver. He was high. He was actually getting ready to pick up the kids and take them uh, to their field trip. Um, that's in January. Um, March, a, um, oh no, so that was actually, oh, so that was the 19-year-old. I was looking for that earlier. That was the one where the kid ate the cookie and, and leapt to his death. Um, April, um, I'm sorry, April was uh, the bus driver picking up the kids. In January, two Framingham Middle School boys ingested edible marijuana on the way to the school yesterday. Um, and so they became ill and they ended up in the emergency room. Now I already know like what people say like, oh, it's just marijuana, it's, it's harmless, it's not gonna hurt them. Um, I've always taken the approach, if my kid goes to the school and um, they up in, end up in the emergency room because somebody else brought something um, that made them sick, I'd be, I'd be pretty upset and I would be very surprised for any parent who would be pretty upset about that. Um, and that is one of the um, things that Colorado had dealt with. Um, and so now we're beginning to deal with that. Um, these are just some of the things that are listed. I acted at a conference that I went to, and I wanted to point this out. So um, police uh, chief Car uh, John Carmichael, extremely active and had been active leading up to the ballot for a question um, about the whole marijuana, went to Colorado, uh, actually said when he came home, one of the things he, he if I remember correctly, um, was the smell. Everywhere he went, he could smell it, which I can actually smell it everywhere. Am I paranoid? I might be, uh, but I don't smoke weed, and I know that also helps people paranoid with the mental health issues. Um, but I do smell it everywhere. I actually smelt it in the movie theater uh, when I went to the uh, 1030 show. I forget what I was saying, but it reeked. Um, um, smell it in the restaurants, and... Um, and it was funny because we were coming out of a restaurant and these kids just came out of their car. So obviously they were driving high um, and they reeked. And my mother doesn't know what that stuff is and uh, just kind of yelled out, be careful, there's a skunk in the parking lot. And uh, I was like, Ma, that's, that's not a skunk, that's them. And she's like, what do you mean that's them? So I kind of had to explain it to her. Um, then we went to uh, breakfast and... Um, you know, some, some young men came in and they sat down and they reeked and she actually, um, you know, now she kind of had, had a clue now. She was just, uh, she looked at my son, she's like, are you uh, doing something you're not supposed to? So it's out there and I think it was TGI Fridays had put up a sign saying, if you smell like marijuana, they're not gonna serve you. Uh, and again, people were jumping all over that. Um, they were talking about, um, you know, oh, I guess they don't want the money. No, you know what? Somebody doesn't want to sit down in a restaurant and smell that. And it's not um, the same as cigar smoke or anything like that. It's not the same. It's much stronger. Uh, but you don't have to worry about that really as much because um, now they have the edibles, they have the vapes and the oils, and uh, those are things that are um, really starting to come up. So what I was going to tell you, and I kind of get off topic was, so I went to the conference and uh, Walpo, who's extremely active in the, um, <clears throat> uh, the whole marijuana thing, um, they, um, I think they voted it out of their town. So they're, they're a dry town. They opted out completely. Um, he had a list of um, driving uh, accidents so far that have just um, been marijuana related. One was a, um, a struck a vehicle head on. Um, another one um, hit a utility pole. Um, another driver hit a pedestrian and split a uh, pole, and he, he was drag racing. Actually, I think that one, might, there was some alcohol involved, so if you smoke marijuana, then you know you can kind of use that as an excuse. You can't prove anything, whatever. That's fantastic. But then another gentleman struck, and I'm, I'm assuming it's a gentleman, but driver, struck a bridge abutment. These all happened in uh, Walpole. And, um, and we haven't even started uh, selling retail yet. Uh, but here's the common factor in all of those uh, things. Um, all were under the age of 21. Um, again, we've legalized it um, uh, for people over 21. So, I mean, I already knew that this was, that this, this was gonna happen. 
because it's just like alcohol. It is the number one abuse among youth. Um, so, um, <clears throat> and it doesn't end there. As you could see that he was talking about, um, now this is good for the families. I know he said that. Um, and he's talking about the strict product labeling. Um, so this won't fall into the wrong hands and everything. But we already know it has. Um, Walpole, again, very strict, very active in the whole marijuana situation. Um, and this has also uh, been in the news. But they had a store selling um, marijuana edibles. They're called CBD yummies. Um, they look like gummies. And um, you would get three to a package, and they ran about $8.99 each, right? They look like gummies. They had the little sugar on them and everything. Um, see, the thing with this is, so they're already selling products in the store, and they're not even supposed to. It hasn't even started yet. That's not even supposed to start to um, July 1st. But they're already selling them in a town that's extremely active. So you can only imagine, say, maybe in Holbrook or other places, are they already selling these products? And are these products getting to our kids? If they're not, they're going to be. And um, that actually violates the, uh, the state law uh, because, first of all, as I said, they're not supposed to be selling yet and because of the way they were packaged. So, obviously, that first commercial, um, you know, I hope, uh, I hope Tom Dolan actually sees all this stuff because um, he promoted this and this is where we're headed. Um, so, let's see, what else we got? Oh, what do they do here? Which one? This one? Yep. Oh, and just... Um, yeah, just press the X in the corner. There you go. Press the X in the corner. Okay. So you know what's cool about these commercials? They actually sent out uh, promotional advertising, and I had all three, and I swear if I find them, I'm going to bring them in, and I'm going to post them on Rock Bottom to Recovery because you had a police officer who was talking about criminalization, um, which, just so you know... Um, People aren't getting arrested for marijuana. That's a fact. As a matter of fact, in uh, 2008, and I probably already said this, it dropped 93%. Uh, it's just not happening. So, um, and as a matter of fact, one of the inmates told me that uh, I smoke marijuana on the common all the time, Farrell, and uh, nothing happens to me. And if I do, um, it gets dismissed. So, again, that was a lie. And we're going to get to that one, too. Um, let's do the uh, medical one, because this is huge, okay? So this is a doctor. She's actually... Uh, uh, intern, I think, in family medicine. So let's just. Uh... All my training, indeed my oath, is to do everything to cure patients. But our current marijuana laws need changing. Right now, doctors and patients are afraid to bring up all treatment options for fear of breaking the law. Yes on four means we can regulate, tax, and legalize marijuana to help people with pain avoid opiates and for other true medical needs. The current system isn't working. It's why doctors and patients agree it's time to vote yes on four. I'd vote for that, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Who wants somebody to be in pain? I don't. Do you want somebody to be in pain, Dylan? No. Do you guys want somebody to be in pain? Do you guys want somebody not getting the medicine that they needed? I, I mean, if you do, that's pretty sick if you ask me. Uh, which is obviously, then you could probably get some more medicine, marijuana, for um, your sickness, uh, for that. So, uh, but again, you know, um, that's not truly accurate. Um, you know, medical marijuana was um, put in place in 2012. And um, I'm going to uh, actually have some people come on, um, talk about more about the medical side of it. Because as I said earlier, there's, there are some good things and there are some bad things. But my understanding, and I could be wrong, but the difference between a medical marijuana and recreational marijuana being sold in the dispensary is the sticker, and that's it, nothing more. Because the actual medical side of marijuana uh, are the CBDs. And if you have a plant that's high in CBDs, it's low in THC. And the THC is what gets you high. So, um, Again, we're going to jump back on that at a later date. I'm going to bring somebody in. And again, it, whether you agree or you don't agree, it's not a problem. Um, and if you know somebody that is it, highly educated in this thing, come on on and, um, you know, educate us because that's what we want. We want as much education as possible so we can make smart decisions. And again, if you smoke recreational marijuana and you're early age of 21, good for you. I'm happy for you. Get high. Um, do what you got to do. 
Um, I don't care about any of that stuff. What I do care about is um, the easy access now that recreational is going to play to our youth, and we already know this. Um, so this was, um, I, I guess I'll jump into <coughs> the, that, that third one, because I did, I did think this was pretty good. Um, again, criminalization, uh, marijuana was um, done in 2008. And as a matter of fact, when that was done, I remember this conversation um, going out with my son. My son came home, and he told me as arrogant as he could. He was, you know, Dad, I can have uh, marijuana now, and nothing can happen to me. This is, I forget, it was 2008, I don't, he was, he was like probably a preteen or something. But this is, this was his thinking, this is my son's thinking. He can have marijuana now and he won't get into trouble. Um, he said, um, the only thing he would have to do is pay a fine. Um, it was a misdemeanor. And I told him, I said, no, no, I said, you, you're, you're reading that wrong. I said, because uh, first of all, I said, you don't have any money, so dad's gonna have to pay that fine and that makes dad misdemeanor. And so I actually thought that was pretty funny and that was pretty creative. Um, but again, it's just kind of a window into how these kids think once these things um, are legalized. Um, so we'll play this one because um, Chanel Lindsay is a lawyer um, and um, she was one of the ones that was advocating for recreational marijuana because of the whole criminal side of it and her experience. And I'm not saying that Chanel wasn't um, affected when she was pulled over by the police and arrested for the marijuana that she had in her car. Um, but I just thought, like, she was, she was pretty much out there, and I, like I said, I kind of had to choose a couple of videos, and I just, I was very interested in this one because I'll explain afterwards. Oh, that video is still processing. So we won't get... What did we do? Oh, okay. Got you. Oh, and that's it? It is my honor to introduce my colleague and friend, Chanel Lindsay. I'm here today with a heavy heart. Cannabis legalization is so clearly a social justice and civil rights issue. But in the last days and weeks, our opposition has been spinning lies crafted by our opposition and spread far and wide by even respected media outlets are attempting to hide and erase the damage that's happening to us in our community. Every year, thousands of people in our state are arrested, punished, and prosecuted for cannabis use. And the majority of those people are people of color. Claims that since decriminalization, no one is being arrested, or to quote what Jason Lewis just said yesterday, this is not about whether adults can use cannabis, no one is bothering them today. These are dangerous lies that are spun and supporting a racist status quo. How do I know? It happened to me. I'm a mother, a lawyer, a businesswoman, and I'm also a person of color. In 2010, now this is after decriminalization, I was driving to the commuter rail to work, and all of a sudden I see blue lights flashing behind me. What should have been a normal traffic stop, the officer said that I turned right on red where there was a sign, turned very sinister once he saw a small amount of cannabis in my open purse. The police officer ordered me out of my car, began to search my vehicle, even though I told him no, and when, after digging in my personal belongings, he found a small jar of cannabis, he slapped the cuffs on me and threw me in the back of the police cruiser. I was sitting there, terrified, watching my car get impounded. And as we're driving down to the station, I'm pleading with him, asking him why, why he is arresting me, why he is not just giving me a ticket but instead arresting me and bringing me down to the courthouse. We went down and got booked. And I asked them again, what is going to 
happened to me. And they told me that I was going to be brought down to the courthouse in the rain, the same courthouse that I had appeared in many times before, but this time it was going to be as a criminal. Everything in my life flashed before me. I was about to lose my career, my child, my status. And this is not something that I plan to come and talk about today. But the continued dismissal of what is happening every day to our citizens, our fellow citizens, good people, made it necessary. That day, the only thing that saved me was being able to come up with the best legal argument that I could muster while sitting there in the cuffs digging into my arms on a cold metal slab while they were booking me. And that argument is that you are violating my civil rights. You have all the opportunity to know whether or not you should be using your discretion against me and charging me criminally, or you should be giving me a ticket. And thankfully, I was able to convince them to weigh it. And what do you know? It was half an ounce, less than the decriminalized amount. What would have happened that day if I had been a teacher or a secretary or a doctor and I did not know my rights? I would have been arraigned and they had every intent to prosecute me to the fullest extent of the law. to question four is, you will never be able to tell me that people are not being arrested and prosecuted for cannabis possession. <coughs> if this happened to me and Sharon over 14 grams, you can only imagine what is happening to our young people of color around the state in different areas. There are nearly a million adults in Massachusetts who use cannabis. These are doctors, lawyers, blue-collar, white-collar. And each day, we are forced into this area of illegality, which means that at any moment we could lose everything over something that is less harmful than alcohol, which in our society has no limits on the amount that we can have. So what I'm here today to say is no more lies. These are the facts. These are the people that are being harmed by these regressive policies. Again, guys, I only have a 12th grade education. Please uh, refer back to episode one to kind of get my background. Um, I, I should, uh, you know, I mean, um, Chanel's, Chanel's a lawyer. Um, she's very well educated. Chanel is, um, <clears throat> and I, again, I'm not saying she wasn't upset or anything along that lines, but my understanding is since criminalization, it dropped 93%. Um, you know, I mean, I work in a correctional facility. The inmates tell me, uh, we don't get hit for marijuana. If they were to get hit on a marijuana charge, it was just something to add it to something bigger. That's it. That's a fact. Uh, it gets dismissed. And now, again, I'm not saying she wasn't afraid. I'm not saying she's, you know, didn't have a, a very um, experience, an emotional experience. It, it's... Um, I'm sure it can be very scary when you're getting arrested and stuff like that. I know. I've been arrested several times. Uh, you know, nothing, nothing crazy. I mean, just stupid kid stuff. But, see, this is the thing. So, I mean, that's a pretty powerful testimony. Well, it turns out Chanel is the uh, founder and president of a company called Ardent. And, um, and again, I think, you know, as we move forward with this uh, marijuana and everything, it's going to kind of open up some doors. But... <clears throat> You know, again, is there a a deeper issue to get this passed? Because um, 
I just pulled out a couple of information. I just, myself personally, um, I just thought it was kind of entertaining. It's a, a play on words, um, you know, and uh, what it is is um, um, her particular company, it's called Arden, so you can look it up. And um, so I'll just I'll give you a little background on her. Boston-based attorney and patient advocate. Um, and she invented the precision medicinal cannabis tool uh, it's a decarbolate oxalator, decarbolator, I can't even pronounce that. Uh, but as I was reading about it, and it is pretty interesting, um, they're, uh, they're working on it, and, um, it, and it says that they're continuing to develop and patent and promote better ways to stabilize, utilize, and deliver the benefits of cannabis. Now, is it in a medicinal? Um, yeah, maybe it is. Uh, but... <laughs> Decarboxylated cannabis is a more potent for smoking or vaporizing and can be eaten immediately. So, uh, you know, they, they're basically, uh, they uh, uh, improves the accuracy of the dosing. So you're going to get an even more potent marijuana. I mean... It's already as potent as can be. When we smoked, it was 2 to 3%. Now it's like up in the, um, the high teens and like uh, between like 18 and maybe 22% or whatever. So it's even more potent than when I was a kid. Um, and I remember the first time I smoked marijuana, my brother was smashing cupcakes in my face, and I didn't even see him coming um, until they were actually in my face. And then obviously, you know, you got to eat some because they were delicious. Um, and... Uh, but so they're, they're creating an even more potent um, dose of cannabis for smoking and vaporizing. Why is that important? Because that's what the kids are doing now. They're vaporizing. If you don't know what a Juul is, J-U-U-L, look it up. Do you know what a Juul is? Oh, five minutes? I thought you were high-fiving me. So what's that put us at, five minutes? Uh, it'll put us at like 45. Okay, so we'll be wrapping this up. And again, guys... Just up. Uh, there's just so much information, and um, you know, I, I'm just trying to uh, make a point that what what we actually voted for, the ballot for question, um, isn't what we got, and and it's gonna about to get worse once uh, the pot shops open in um, July 1st. And uh, if you don't feel like that's a big thing, that's fine. Um, we've already had all kinds of traffic accidents um, with people under 21. Uh, we've had kids ingesting um, edible marijuana. Again, if that's, you know, like you can make the case it's just marijuana. Um, it doesn't kill. Um, it does. Um, you can actually ask uh, Trooper Cloudy's family. Um, he was killed while he was doing a detail before the ballot question four passed, that gentleman left a medical marijuana dispensary with a half-smoking joint in his car, went, crossed over three lanes and killed him. And he's like a father of five or six people. Um, and you know what the argument was? You can't test for marijuana. You can't, um, you can't prove that he smoked it in the moment. Well, then if you can't prove it, then why did we even approve ballot four? Like, if we don't have things in place to keep us safe, why did we go ahead and do this? Because first of all, we were misled of what was coming and why it was, why we needed to legalize it. Um, and then, you know, and it's at the cost of, uh, it's going to be at the cost of our kids. You know, we lost 68,000 people in 2017. 68,000 in Gillette Stadium holds 68,276 seats. You lost a whole stadium of people uh, to drug overdoses. And again, if you begin to educate yourself, um, you'll see addiction begins long before you realize you're in it. Um, and it starts with cigarettes, and it starts with um, marijuana and alcohol. And, um, and that's a fact. Um, a lot of the people, again, that, I, that are in recovery, ask them. I, I know mothers that now um, they've lost their loved ones and they tell you their son started with marijuana. One in six is what I read. One in six kids, uh, one out of six kids will um, uh, become addicted, um, uh, live a life of addiction. One in six. So in Holbrook, that's 600. Uh, we have 600 students. That's 100 kids. Um, 100 kids in our community um, have a chance of becoming 
an addict. And why is that um, important? Because <clears throat> I'll try to pull this up because I actually just, it was, um, I'm going to post it. It's basically if you um, want to make, um, uh, uh, I got to find it. Um, but <clears throat> so again, um, did um, Chanel have kind of a, an agenda ahead of her, maybe, maybe not, I don't know. I just thought it was funny. She's out there, she's talking about the criminalization of the side of it, and it's just, it's not there, and it wasn't there. Uh, people just not being locked up. That's why, I, that's my job. They're not, they're not being locked up for marijuana. Um, what's up? Do you know what she's doing now? Yeah, she runs that company. She runs that company um, that um, will give you a, if you guys like to smoke, Marijuana, if you like, if you're 21 and over um, and you want to try decarboxylated cannabis, um, which is what they're doing, Ardent, and they're a Boston-based company, so you'll be keeping that money in the community, um, you know, and we could use that money that, and that will come back to the schools um, and help us um, deal with the drug issue there, so it's great. We'll uh, use the drug money to help kids get off drugs, but um, you can get a uh, more potent smoking uh, cannabis and uh, vaporizing so um, oh you know what I want to do I just wanted to show as we begin to let me see here let me give you that, that where were the pictures oh that was also in the drive oh it was yeah. did I pull it off oh uh, no you can just go back to the drive you see the uh, icon mm, oh where, where, where's the icon oh, okay. it's tough getting old not having all that technology oh there you go that's telling us can you just pull up the pictures? Yep. I'd love to find that. Um, <clears throat> okay. So like I said, so, um, oh, so the reason I kicked this off today was really because I just wanted kind of people to understand um, where we were coming from as Hobart Cares, uh, the coalition. And I'm speaking for myself personally. I mean, even though we all agreed in Hobart Cares that uh, we weren't for recreational marijuana, um, and that was it. We're not for recreational marijuana. Um, and so I just kind of wanted to let you know uh, how we got here to this particular uh, topic because we educated ourselves. We recognized where addiction began, and we wanted to try to educate and address that amongst uh, younger um, adults in the community so they can make smart decisions um, about their future since we've, we're losing so many of our friends, family, and loved ones. Um, so I went to this conference. And I had some pictures, so I just took a couple of pictures because, like, one of the other things that um, that uh, that former Boston Lieutenant Tom Dolan said was that advertising, they're not going to advertise to the kids. Um, they already do. Right outside my facility, um, there's a big billboard. Now, I, we house men and women, and uh, a lot of them are in there because of addiction, and right outside that billboard is um, uh, why wait for better health, um, premium medical marijuana. And again, we're going to get into that marijuana, the whole uh, medical side of it, and the um, the recreational side of it. Um, we're going to bring in somebody to talk about that. And again, that's just for you guys to get that information, and then you can make your smart decisions. Maybe you can educate um, your nieces, your nephews, your family. So they they put these pictures up, and again, whether you agree or not, that's all well and good. So, uh, but you know. Um, so they're supposed to pr uh, prohibit advertising, any marketing whatsoever. But so you got the black cow ice cream, big beef, and since legalization marijuana in 2011, Colorado has seen no increase in youth marijuana usage. Okay? So the reason I'm showing you this is because next Wednesday at 4.30, uh, we are having Henny uh, Lastly. If I pronounce the name wrong, uh, I apologize. Oh, I know. Here it is. Um, yes, I did. Henny Lastly. She's actually from Smart, Colorado. They kind of, they're the leaders in all this. They're the ones that you can go to and kind of get all that information so you can, um, you know, put bylaws and everything into your community. Um, so she's coming on and she's going to talk about what they've experienced um, since they legalized marijuana, the, uh, the problems that they've been having in school, and, um, and they are having problems in, in school because... That was another thing we argued. 
once you make something legal, um, you, you literally um, given the easy access. So any kid that sees that's going to say, oh, well, that's just great. So there is no... Um, 69% of Colorado dispensaries recommended marijuana for expectant moms with morning sickness. It was surprising and concerning to us because there are data results that cannabis can be harmful to developing fetuses. That comes from a doctor. And I'm sure you can find a doctor that would probably argue the other way. Uh, but at the end of the day, you make your own decisions. This is just the information for you. Um, now this one. Uh, we knew this up front. Oh, yeah, there's Trooper Thomas Cloudy, killed on March of 2016 by a driver under the influence of marijuana. And again, what did I tell you when I was coming here? I smell it every single day on my way home. I actually went for a run last week. I smelled it three times. So people are smoking and driving. And so, um, and um, I can't see the top of it, but it just says, since legalization, um, drivers with active THC in their blood involved in the fatal driving accidents have increased by 122%. That's actually Washington State. Click on the screen to go to the top thing. What do you, oh, what's that? Click on the screen. What do you mean? Just click on it. Oh, I gotcha. There you go. See? Now oh, that technology. Um, the impact of marijuana legalization in communities of color. Um, in the two years after Colorado legalized marijuana, the number of Hispanics, African American kids arrested for marijuana related offenses rose 29% and 58% respectively. In the same period, the number of white kids being arrested for identical, identical crimes dropped 8%. So obviously didn't fix that problem, did it? Um, potency. Now, this is what is very, very important to you as a parent if your kids are in school um, because the potency is off the charts. Um, uh, as part of our program, we drug test all our students. A few years ago, if someone tested positive for THC, their readings would average a THC level of around 200 to 400 milligrams. We recently had a youth test positive with a reading of, that's, what's that say? That's 7,000 milligrams? Whoa. Uh, after using a vaping device filled with concentrated THC oil. Um, that on the that that picture right there, if you could see it, that's a vape pen with THC oil confiscated from a Massachusetts public high school. That actually testing comes from the Massachusetts Recovery High School principal. So that's actually students that are in addiction um, going to a recovery high school, is specifically geared to um, um, young people that are struggling with addiction. So 7,000 milligrams. So that um, that oil. Why is the oil important? Important because. Be before the ballot for a question, I ran into a student um, at a, a, um, a nearby community, high school student, and I, I just kind of casually asked him, I said, hey, what kind of drugs do you guys have in your school? And I expected to hear marijuana. I mean, I think everybody would. Um, but this is how we started off the conversation. He said, last year I walked in on a kid with a needle in his arm in school. He said the two drugs that they're using is marijuana and cocaine. I wasn't expecting the cocaine, so it completely um, caught me off guard. I was like, wow. Um, and then he said something which I think was very interesting. He said, the students are pulling the juices from the marijuana. Pulling the juices. Those were his words. What does that mean? It means they're extracting the oils. And why is that important to you? Why is that important to if you're if you're a neighbor of somebody who's um, growing marijuana in their house or pulling the juices? Because in order to pull the juices, you need butane, and it's highly flammable, and what you end up getting is hash oil explosions. So go on YouTube and uh, um, search hash oil explosions, because um, they were all over Colorado, um, and they're actually um, on the rise. Uh, and once they legalized everything, all these things started to pop up. Um, people will say, yeah, but that was out there. Guess what? Uh, that's one of the things that happened in Walpole this past year. It was a hash oil house explosion. Um, again, we haven't even really kicked off the marijuana, but we're already experiencing all the things that Colorado told us we were going to get. We're getting them, and they're going to get worse come July. So um, the vape pen's huge because all the kids are using the jewels. Um, look at those. Look at the little cartridges that they use. Uh, they're filling them in, um, and they're getting high, and you can't smell them. 
Um, CBS News, money from pot taxes doesn't fit, fix the Colorado teachers' problem. Um, superintendents have described that marijuana taxes that flow to the school as a drop in the bucket. Um, come on, you, seriously. Uh, you know, I was thinking about this, politicians. So we had Governor Baker, Marty Walsh, Mara Healy, and there was a few other politicians didn't want anything to do with this. I mean, ask anybody, what's a politician care about? Money, right? This is supposed to be a billion-dollar industry, going to be pulling in all kinds of crazy money. Why wouldn't the governor, the mayor, and everybody want to jump on this if it's pulling in that kind of money? You know why? Because they recognize that uh, the money that's going to come in isn't going to be anywhere near the issues and the problems that are coming with it. So... Uh, at the bus stop, marijuana odor from passing cars is a daily occurrence. I'm terrified putting my seven-year-old daughter on the bus, knowing she's on the same road with these impaired drivers. They're out there, and that's a fact. And let's see. Stigma and marijuana addiction. You're in rehab for weed? How about you go to rehab for a real drug? And that was a comment made to a teen after revealing he was in a recovery program for marijuana use. Uh, they actually have marijuana AA. Um, more than 90% of patients that come to our program for a substance use evaluation meets the criteria for a cannabis use disorder. And that comes from a doctor, not one of you Paula professors. This is an actual doctor with education. Dr. Sharon Levy, Director of Adolescent Substance Use and Addiction Program. So this is Boston Children's Hospital. This is someone who's involved. More than 90% of patients that come to our program for a substance use evaluation met the criteria for cannabis use disorder. Uh, this is a great one, and I know this one for a fact. Out of 2,000 applicants, 1,600 failed the drug test, mostly due to marijuana. Think about that. And, and, uh, and I was talking to my buddy because um, my son is going to uh, be getting into work. And, you know, we were talking about when I got into construction, I was a laborer uh, way back in the day. Um, you had to work harder than the guy next to you to keep the job, right? And that guy worked hard. So you were working hard. And I got up and I went to work every day and I busted my hump, right? And do you know... Um, on that last slide, 1,600 people um, failed the uh, dr uh, marijuana drug test, and that comes from a construction owner, right? This is where we're at with the young adults coming in, and I'm not knocking the young adults, but the fact that if you can show up on time and not reek of weed, you are considered a pretty good worker. This is where we are today because of that. And that actually came from a young man who got into the electrician's union, and he was telling his father, uh, Dad, I, you know what? They love me. I just, I'm there on time, and I don't reek of weed. And that's what you're dealing with. So um, <clears throat> this right here, um, these three gummy packages, these were the ones that were sold in Walpole. And again, in ex uh, a town that uh, their police chief, Carmichael, is extremely active. The police force, the community, extremely active and keeping out the marijuana, um, and, and they've already themselves experienced it. And I know we're experiencing a lot more of this, but those are three packages of gummy bears. And you know the thing with this is, so somebody who knows a little bit about marijuana will argue, well, it has CBDs, and that's the medical side of it. But you can't really read it on here, but this package had THC in it. So imagine if your kid get a hold of that. Imagine if your middle school kids, like the two kids that were on the school bus going to school who ended up in the emergency room, um, got a hold of this, walked across the store and wanted to buy some gummy bears, though um, they're $8.99, so they probably would be able to afford them. But, but again, this is, what, this is what we're looking at. All right, so um, in the interest of time, we're going to stop. So next week, I'm going to have the woman on from Smart Colorado, and then the following week, we're going to have Sam, which is the smart approach to marijuana. Um, and um, they, um, they're going to talk more about, they're really... Um, I mean, these people are extremely educated. Uh, I, I'm just trying to give you an idea of what we've experienced, what I experienced from the time that ballot uh, um, question four came about, what we were learning, and I'm continuing to learn and I'm continuing to educate myself because, uh, you know what, I'm not going anywhere. I, I don't want to see our young adults end up in a life of addiction. I don't want to see our young adults uh, end up in my place, um, you know, and then... Um, 
understand that their families can finally sleep uh, because they finally know where their kid is and at the moment they're somewhat safe. That's crazy um, that they'd actually, that's how, that's how families think, that, um, oh, they're safe in the moment. So here's the thing. I'll end with this uh, because one of the things that we expressed um, to our selectmen um, was that this is going to be a major issue in the schools. Uh, it's going to be legalized. Uh, the accessibility um, is going to be there. Kids will use it. The perception of harm drops as soon as you legalize anything. Think about that. They legalized tobacco. Um, kids smoked. Now, in hindsight, um, in the early 1900s, they promoted cigarettes as the uh, healthier way um, than smoking cigars, right? That's, we're doing the same thing right now with marijuana. I mean, it's healthier um, and it's less dangerous than alcohol. But what did we know now, um, looking back, how um, not only did tobacco industries market to our children, and there's documents to prove that because they make lifelong customers, uh, but we now know the dangers of smoking and how it's affected families and how it's affected our youth, right? It did the same thing with alcohol. Um, alcohol, um, you know, they legalized alcohol, and what happened? Um, it's the number one abuse among children. Um, and you know what? You know what's um, creeping up slowly in Colorado? Marijuana, if it's not already. But we'll ask next week when uh, Henny comes on. But what I just, I'll end with this. Um, so when you legalize something, um, kids are going to abuse it. They're going to abuse it in large quantities. And that's actually what I wanted to quote. It's a doctor in Boston who had been uh, doing an interview, and they asked her about uh, what she thought of the legalization of pot. And she basically just said, when you legalize something, um, you are now uh, making the accessibility easier for people to abuse it and to abuse it in large quantities. And I am going to post her comment on the page because it was very simple and very understandable. And again, if you drink and you don't have a problem, that's fantastic. If you smoke weed and that's all you do, and I know that I saw a couple of people on there that do, um, that I know that smoke it and they don't have a problem with it, I think that's fantastic. That's not why I'm here talking about this. I'm here talking about this because one out of six kids is going to end up in a life of addiction. And, you know, if we can get this information there out there and that person can make those smart choices, um, that's what we're looking to do. So this is what I'm going to end with. Um, this comes from March. This is recently. Uh, no, um, March 19th, an article from the Brockton superintendent um, she said that there's been uh, an uptick in the amount of marijuana-related incidents at the Brockton Public Schools since the 2016 state vote to legalize marijuana. We have certainly have seen an increase in the schools. Um, she was talking to the uh, Brockton City Council uh, Finance Committee. More younger children are bringing in marijuana to school, sometimes in surprising quantities. We're finding people are getting more relaxed with the talk of legalization of marijuana. We're very surprised. Um, Smith said that edibles, which are foods infused with marijuana, um, have caused medical incidents at the school's during the past couple of years. Edibles have uh, proliferated in Massachusetts. They were legalized for medical purposes following a statewide vote in 2012. And we talked about that. This stuff has already been in place. Um, so, but it was the only way they were gonna be able to, be, to pass recreational marijuana this time around was to really emphasize the criminalization in the medical. Um, um, and so the kids are coming to school with what looks like gummy bears. The gummy bears, that were just being sold in a uh, store in Walpole, uh, which they're not even supposed to be selling anything. They're not even regulated yet, so this is already happening. Uh, we're seeing that at the high school level, and I think a little bit at the middle school level, uh, where they'll share a gummy bear, a student will take the so-called candy, and what happens is the effect isn't quick enough and maybe they'll take a second one, and maybe they'll take a third one. Like that 19-year-old in Colorado who ate one cookie, uh, which was six servings, and ended up leaping off the balcony and killing himself. So um, the students then panics with some effect that is, uh, it is physically having on them, and then they're down to the nurse. We've had an ambulance come, and we've had to address that. What you're finding now is you're seeing some students who are using marijuana before they come into school, and we are seeing the effects in school of students reeking of marijuana. Um, Smith said that, and if you think about developing brains, you think about the cognitive and the physical effects and the mental health effects of what this is doing to our young students. 
Another problem, uh, according to the superintendent, is parents who are high on weed when they come to pick up their children from Brockton schools. In those cases, Smith said the schools would act in the same way as if the parents were slurring their words due to alcohol intoxication and would uh, work to find another family member to bring the student home safely. And I certainly hope that they do that. Um, you know, who wants to really kick up that kind of a storm? Uh, maybe turn your head the other way, and I'm not saying they do that, but I'm sure that happens. And uh, I actually am going to leave you with one other thing. One of the things that we argued here when um, Holbrook was put, had this cultivation site and they came back and they wanted to put in that medical dispensary, um, we uh, told our selectmen that um, if you allow the medical dispensary, they will automatically uh, be able to sell recreational no matter what the promise was um, that the cultivation site was making. So the cultivation site would say, uh, we're not going to sell recreational, we're only selling medical. Uh, that's all we're concerned about. That's our focus. We want to help people. Um, so um, with the way the law was written, and uh, John Shefton, like I said, I'm going to try to get him on. He is uh, he's amazing in what he does. He knows all the legal issues when it comes to the marijuana, so much so he was meeting Attorney uh, General Sessions um, last week um, to give some um, information and some guidelines um, to him that might be able to help us. Um, so we argued that um, if they did it, if they open up that recreational um, side, that that company would be able to automatically sell recreational upon ballot for passing. Um, they told us it doesn't matter um, whether it was a letter. It doesn't matter what they write. They automatically get to do it. They, you know, they voted for it. They allowed them to open up the recreational, even though that place still isn't opening. Um, and this is, and this is what uh, was just pulled um, out of uh, Boston uh, medical dispensary, Bo uh, Patriot Care in Boston, which opened Boston's first medical dispensary in 2015, is now looking to sell recreational, even though they promised the residents in the city, it's not something they wanted to do when getting approval for the medical dispensary in 2015. Um, <laughs> and now they're looking to open up recreational. Why wouldn't they? It's big business. It's money, and it's always been about money, and it always will be about money, and it's going to be at what cost? You have to make that decision yourself. Uh, but uh, thank you for tuning in. I know we went a little bit longer than we normally do, but um, I hope you found some of this information um, helpful, insightful. Maybe if you didn't, leave a comment, um, leave me a message. Rock Bottom to Recovery, you can listen to us on um, iTunes, Podbean, uh, you can actually watch the video on Facebook. Next Wednesday, Smart Colorado is going to come in, and we're going to talk about um, what they've seen since they've uh, legalized. And then the following week, um, it's going to be Sam, uh, Smart Approach to Marijuana. And again, just more information for you to check out um, and maybe uh, bring to your community to kind of tighten up those guidelines, bylaws, whatever, um, to protect your children because this is what it's all about protecting your children so thank you guys for watching and uh, be safe have a great day and uh, we'll talk to you later bye bye